We are back with obesity round two. Ding ding. We got. This is a double header. Yeah. Whether you guys know it or not. <laughs> we, so if we start <laughs> jumbling our words halfway through, that's why. Yeah. Give us a break. It always takes us 10 minutes to get into the episode. Yeah. I feel like. But now that's that's taken care of. We're, we're so rolling. So yeah, maybe we'll we're be rolling. good right away on this yeah. one. <laughs> the, we're going to start with just a bunch of the Instagram responses that we got to. Uh, so the one was. Uh, what do you think the driving cause of the obesity epidemic is? Right, yeah. And you got a funny one. That, uh, <laughs> there was a couple of funny ones. I'll, I'll give you the rundown. So there was um, easy access to fast food. Um, people just want kind of the quick fix with minimum effort. That's the truth. Uh, this was my favorite one. Um, people are still in the mindset that granola bars are better than steaks for overall health. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty accurate too. Yeah. Um, easy access to misinformation. Um, another good one was just kind of how the landscape of like the workplace has changed so much. So now it's all based on technology, just as competitive to get quote unquote successful, but now you need to use technology, which kind of forces you often to be sedentary for long periods of time. So mm-hmm. that's a good point. And then there's one more. What was the last one? Um, it'll come back to me if you want yeah. to go over yours. Yeah, I got, um, what do we got here? We got uh, awareness of programs that are void of judgment and hate for those who are obese. Okay. Um, that was pretty much the only one that was related to what do you think the driving force is other than what we talked about last week with the uh, whole education system and just the continuously lowering the floor instead right. of raising the floor um, just to meet people where they're at instead of holding them to what we know to be true for health markers using using averages of people who are using the healthcare system which is like I mean we talked about it again it's like most healthy people don't go to the doctor that often yeah so it's very rare that we'll have like our blood pressure or heart rate or you know whatever weight BMI taken down and that would be contributing to these stats for Stats Canada um, so it's like most stats that they're getting are from people who are unwell going in for something, whether it be a minor cold or flu or sore throat to, yeah, uh, I got point. heart palpitations and I got something growing on my foot and yeah. I feel like I'm going to pass out when I stand up or uh, I think I got diabetes, like things like that, right? Like fill in the blank for why you would go to the doctor. Those are the people that are contributing to these stats more because if I get a survey thing from stats Canada, I'm not going to fill it out. God, no. Right. And like, that's not good. (laughs) I should probably contribute a little bit more to help this problem, I guess. But yeah. So those were the main things. I think the one is, I think it's a really good point. The just awareness of programs that are void of judgment and hate. And then even flipping that to like programs that are being, run to help people rather than just make money I think isn't kind of goes hand in hand with that right um, yeah yeah 
we yeah we talked about that one pretty good in pretty good detail yeah so i guess in line with that i don't know a lot about these but i i'm starting to hear a little bit more about them these days is the programs where I don't know. I always hear them on the radio. It's like apply to get a government grant to lose weight or something like that. Oh, yeah. Have you heard those on the radio before? No. So, yeah, if anyone knows the details of those, feel free to let us know because I'd be interested to hear what goes into those. Sounds like it has good intentions, but again, doesn't mean that it's a good system based on our discussion the one day about programs out there mm-hmm. who offer you tools to lose weight but oh wait at the end if you didn't lose the weight you have to pay us a thousand dollars yeah so yeah i don't know i mean i don't think the government would turn around and say you suck and <laughs> we'll take our subsidy so back but give us their money but yeah i don't know so if anyone knows more about those i'd like to hear yeah um i don't know where to start the fast food thing so i personally this is my personal opinion. I don't buy that as a good reason. Mm-hmm. And reason being is because... So there's a Wendy's close to my place, and there's a farm boy right beside it. Right. If I go to Wendy's and get a bacon double-double, probably be in and out in, I don't know, five, ten minutes. Yeah. If I go to farm boy and get a trio with home-cooked meal for the exact same price, under $10, I'll be in and out in... I don't know, seven to 10 minutes. So, yeah. And so again, I realize there's some differences. Like for one, I do work from home. So I have this flexibility where I can kind of come and go as I please get the food that I wish. Um, I don't really have restrictions in that regard. So I can appreciate that. Um, I can also appreciate the kids thing. Like, for instance, if you're traveling to sports or something and you have a few kids and you need to stop quickly, I think that's a tough one for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I get why people maybe don't want to, you know, they're on their way to Farm Boy, or sorry, they're on their way to a hockey game at 6 p.m. in London. I get why they don't want to stop at Farm Boy at the busiest time of day to try and get three meals. So that's fair. Um I do think, though, that at the end of the day, people still have the choice. And I mean, even if you're going to, because that's what it comes down to, right? It's like, who's who's making the choice to make that right turn and go into that drive through at Wendy's or Don's? <clears throat> it's not the vehicle on autopilot driving itself. It's still you making that conscious decision. That's right, yeah. So that's what it comes down to. You are going there. And then even if you do go there, they... I mean, even most of them now have these like half-assed, decent, healthy options if you do end up going there. So that's another thing. Like you, you can go to like a Wendy's or McDonald's, whatever, and you don't have to get a side of fries with a large Coke. Like you can actually go now and get, you know, you can get one of those big ass salads with, you don't have to get a drink, just have a bottle of water in your vehicle. You can bring with you a tiny little container of like extra virgin olive oil or something like that and top the salad with it so that you're not hungry 30 minutes after eating the salad. Yeah. So I, I, again, this is my personal opinion, but I still think that there's ways around that problem. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I, I don't, I don't buy the no time thing. I'm never, never going to buy it. Um, Simple, simple exercise right now. Go to, hold on. Let me, yeah, let I me know check what, this phone. is a good one. I can check my phone. So go to settings on your phone. 
I'd rather not look at mine because I'll wait. I'll use the excuse that I use Instagram for work, which is true, but I wish there was an app on my phone that could differentiate between the time that I'm actually using Instagram for work versus the time I'm using it for just BS. Yeah. Because every once in a while, the only time I ever go on Instagram is with an intention in mind. Yeah. Like, hey, I need to post this event. I need to message this person. But a lot of times I go on with the intention and then five minutes later, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. So. But how many times do you use the excuse, oh, I'm too busy or I don't have time? I try not to. So it doesn't matter, right? You're not, it doesn't matter for you yeah. because you're not using that, but it's simple. I don't even know where it is. Now I'm like all fired up trying to find this thing. What's it called? Um, I don't know what they call it. Total screen time, total. There is one. Oh, that... here we go. It's in the battery. You can just simply go to the battery and see how much percentage battery you're using for different apps. Oh, uh... Um, that's one of them. Um, somebody's listening to this right now, yelling at me like, it's right in this, <laughs> you just go to this thing. <laughs> Sorry. I can't hear you. I'm doing my own thing. Anyway, yeah, you can find it in your, I mean, even the battery usage, right? Like you can see how much, um, is being used there and yeah. You probably already know what I'm talking about when you're listening to this podcast and you're yelling at me right now, calling me a big dummy. But uh, <laughs> Well, you can set it up so that at week's end, you literally get a notification. It pops up on your screen being like, hey, this is how much time you use this yeah. week. Yeah, there's lots so. of time for that. And then also don't tell me that you've watched all 400 seasons of Grey's Anatomy and then tell me that you don't <laughs> have time to cook meals. You know what I mean? Like your Netflix time... That's there the, is a right? lot like, of seasons, let me tell you. Yeah, I understand the whole downtime thing, but you can throw a cookie sheet with veggies and a cookie sheet with meat in the oven, set the timer, sit down, watch your favorite show, the beeper goes off, you pull it out, you put it in Tupperware, boom, you're ready for yeah. two to three days to a week, depending on how much food you put in at a time. Meal prep doesn't have to be, I think the demise of meal prep was the Sunday meal prep thing, where people would spend... They're like, oh, I got to spend my entire Sunday in my kitchen creating all these meals. Stop being silly about your meal prep. Just cook food and eat it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not that true, complicated, yeah. guys. Just relax. You got crock pots. You got one of those, what are those crazy uh, crock pots? Instapot. Instapot. Those are you insane. Cook a whole roast beef in I must seconds. say, though, I'm not, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't say this. No, I'm not going to say this. No. <laughs> can say that one? Well, I just don't get how you can cook a slab of meat and like from frozen. It's just I'm a little concerned. I'm just skeptical. <laughs> like it doesn't seem right. Yeah, but go for it. I'm not going to talk you to yeah. that one. Again, so, I don't know. I don't know what the mechanism that it's using. So mm-hmm. I'm just speculating. Yeah. Use your Instapot meal prep. Yeah. And I like to use experience because that's all I can speak on. So like when I was a kid, obviously I was involved in a lot of different sports. I would have school sports after school. I'd kind of come home, I'd eat, and then I'd be off to hockey or martial arts or something in the evening. Like that was five days a week. And then on the weekends, it was kind of the same story. Obviously when I was younger, I wasn't responsible for my own eating. So it kind of came down to my my parents, right? Because I mean, you don't cook your own meals when you're, when you're eight years old, 10 years old, your parents are doing that for you. So, um, I mean, but I mean, they did it for me. And then once I got old enough, it was like, Hey, I left this in the fridge, pull it out, put it in at this temperature. 
and then it'll be ready for when I get home, we can eat and then we'll go to hockey. Right. Things like that instead of um, like your kids playing Fortnite. Put them to work. <laughs> put them to work, man. <laughs> right? Like it take, it's all part of like growing up and yeah. discovering those things out for yourself. But like that's that. I just that squashes the whole time thing and it, it's not like you said it takes the same amount of time to go to farm boy as it does wendy's and yeah maybe you're able to get there at non-peak times but are you going to sit in the wendy's drive through for 20 minutes waiting for your meal to get ready or are you going to run in and wait in line to pay at the cash in That's farm boy true, yeah. it's, it's kind of the same it's the same amount of time that you're spending doing both i think what it comes down to is just um the the whole um well, it's kind of like glamorized to say you're busy. Yeah. Uh, this happens to me all the time at family gatherings and things like that. Like, oh, how's work going? And everyone's like, oh, it's busy. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm, I'm so confused by that response every single time. Like, okay, what does that mean? Is it good or is it bad? Like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, that's so, like, just surface level um, response that doesn't tell me anything about your day and i'm done with you i'm done I'd with this conversation just, i'm out i'd rather someone just say it's great i don't want to talk about it <laughs> exactly oh i'm at a family thing i don't want to talk about work that's fair <laughs> yeah like when uh when people ask me uh i just will actually start explaining it and you, you can just watch them check out it's like, oh, you've yeah. exceeded my two-second allotted time for your response that I had ready for this, and now I actually don't care anymore. <laughs> it's pretty That's a good point. <laughs> I guess but. you could say that um, with the fast food thing, I guess the only thing is, yes, I would say you do have to at least, in your head, kind of plan ahead of time. That doesn't mean, like, the meal prep is one example, but another example is just, hey, I know I'm going this place later today there's probably not going to be a lot of options at that particular location i'm going to so i should probably stop before i actually leave the city of london something like that because mm-hmm. yeah fast food restaurants are everywhere other better options may not be there right so that scenario you have to be <clears throat> conscious and think about That's what true. your options are yeah if you're relying on the concession stand at their arena for your meal right you're you're setting yourself up for a world of hurt you're gonna be having a blue slushy yeah. and onion rings for dinner <laughs> it's not gonna make you feel very good uh, yeah those were the days <laughs> yeah for sure uh, what was a what's that steak granola bar thing <laughs> it was amazing that's response. a that's a funny one yeah that's from a smart dude too so. yeah awesome. um yeah i don't know not much to say about that i think it's pretty accurate, though, to be honest. I, mm-hmm. I guess that kind of revolves around the idea that a lot of people still fear still fear fats, still fear animal protein, still fear um, saturated fat. Did I already say saturated fat? No, I said cholesterol. Yeah. So, and then granola bar, probably marketed as... Um, healthy snack? Yeah. You see it on commercials as a great breakfast option. Might be marketed as low-fat, cholesterol-free. They might even throw low sugar on there because they'll replace those with preservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I see where that confusion comes from. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, you had something that you want to get it since we're on the topic of like oh, yeah. food content. Yeah. You have right. a theory. I do have a theory. Probably not a very common theory, so this is probably new to you. Nice. 
Um, so the obesity, we're talking about why is it such a big issue? So I think that one major reason is actually the under consumption of salt, under consumption of sodium. So that's been around for a long time. Um, I can tell you that there's been some massive meta-analyses in previous years coming out that basically debunk the concept that higher sodium diets are increasing risk for cardiovascular disease. And I think <laughs> I, there's been some pretty, uh, for obvious reason, like some pretty big um, uh, like lashback to some of these articles. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a few months ago when I dug into this, but like even like, I mean, even publishing authors coming out, writing papers in response to this, basically just like, you know, like this is BS, yada, yada, yada. We have all this research to say otherwise, so on and so forth. Like people who clearly have like an emotional, um, emotional tie to this and are not too happy with it. But anyways, I'm, but I mean, these have been studied, these have been published in like the one that comes to mind was published in the Lancet, which is like one of the biggest medical journals in the world. And these were, they're not small studies. Like I've, I posted this to my Instagram a ways back, but they're looking at like thousands and thousands and thousands of people finding that like, not only is, um, higher sodium diets tied to, um, increasing risk for like some of these cardiovascular diseases, but they're even finding that like in a lot of cases, higher sodium diets are actually reducing risk for people. But anyways, that's kind of a separate issue. Like that's just, that's more background on where this fear actually came from low sodium, which is still everywhere, right? Like you buy soup, low sodium soup. It's everywhere. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think this is kind of another separate issue, but I think this, this kind of got blown out of proportion because low sodium is really only an issue for people who have already had cardiovascular disease. This is, this is the understanding I have on the topic. Again, I'm by no means do I have like a, um, like a medical education on sodium blood pressure cardiovascular disease and all that stuff i'm just telling you what i've read in the literature this is what Mm -hmm. it shows but anyways so my my thinking is that because we've been told to significantly reduce sodium i think that this has led people to overeat um sugary foods and carbohydrates reason being is because so like when you think of like we have to think of sodium as like probably the most important mineral there is like really like the fact that we're told to reduce this is actually pretty insane when you start to learn about like what sodium does what it's responsible for um but yeah so like the reason i say this is because there's there's crossover in the brain um between the networks that sodium activates and the networks that sugar activates so what i mean by that is um there's areas in the brain called um you can kind of just call it the reward center um as a oversimplification but these are areas of the 
areas of the brain that are responsible for like positive feedback or like reward or also addiction. So these are regions that are very high in concentration of dopamine. Um, so like to give you an example, Parkinson's disease is a result of death of dopaminergic neurons. So neurons that release dopamine. So people, <clears throat> people with Parkinson's disease have this massive reduction in dopamine and it's from this these particular regions of the brain that I'm talking about basically waste away and die. So like one of these areas for an example is called the nucleus accumbens. Um, so when we eat salt, sodium, we have this rewarding response in some of these areas. So we get a release of dopamine because, hey, it's necessary for survival. So this is a good thing. Give me this. I want this. Um, but the problem is we kind of have this crossover effect now where people get a similar response from sugar and carbohydrates so if people have and this is a real thing like if people are experiencing this um like even like reduction in energy um headaches muscle cramps um low like muscular energy in general like all of these things people think like, hey, I'm I'm weak, I'm fatigued, um, a little bit of like a withdrawal effect even. And then they think, they don't think sodium, they think, okay, carbohydrates, sugar. Because in the past when they've felt that way and then consumed this sugar um, carbohydrate, they get that exact same rewarding effect. And so they think, oh, okay, this is the problem. This is what I need to address that. And it, so it's literally these exact same networks that both of those um, nutrients are stimulating. So I think that, and th I'm not just blowing smoke up my ass, like there's some research <laughs> to suggest this out there where um, this could be an underlying cause. And actually, so interestingly, just to kind of drive this point home, um, it's been shown that um, people with drug addictions, this their their addiction can be like worsened or exacerbated by sodium deficiency. Because these drugs are acting in the exact same region, that exact same um, dopaminergic pathway. Right. So that just, that kind of supports that there's this overlap here in this crossover. And then kind of like back to um, like just the importance of sodium and whatnot. So there's been some, there's been some leading researchers, um, scientists and MDs in this area who specialize on in like sodium, uh, why we need sodium for the brain, overall health, et cetera, et cetera, who say that we need like, I think they say that we should be getting anywhere from like three to six grams total per day in sodium. And I think some of the recommendations right now are like, it's low. It's like 1.2 or something like that. 1.2 grams. I, something like that. So like, again, you, obviously like it's pretty clear that we can be in this deficit right now if this is what we're being recommended, like yeah. especially um, active people, especially people who are chronically stressed because you burn through extra sodium if you're excessively stressed, your adrenal glands use sodium, um, all of these things. And then like, even if you think about like what we as humans used to eat, well, some some of the foods that are the highest in sodium are actually organ meats like kidneys, liver, um, blood, very, very concentrated in salt. So these are things that humans used to, you know, live off of, right? Right. So when you think, why would we need sodium 
there wasn't, we didn't drink ocean water and we didn't have salt <laughs> shakers. Well, yeah. no, because they ate the whole animal and sodium <clears throat> was abundant in all of these areas. Right. So there's, yeah, there, there's, I think there's something there. If you ever want to read um, an awesome book on this, it's called The Salt Fix by Dr. James Nina Como or something like that. Okay. So this guy, um, and I think this was the one who I think recommended or suggested we should actually be getting upwards of like four to six grams. But anyways, <clears throat> I need to go over this book again because he digs into all of this in like way more detail and makes some incredible points and talks about some of these connections in the brain. And it's pretty interesting read and like mind blowing really. Yeah, that sounds like a lot when you say it out loud, but that many that's not very much. No. Right? It's not like you're um you know, taking a big swig out of the salt shaker in the morning. Like it it's it's a couple tablespoons. Yeah. Right? Like think like uh I don't know, 5 grams of anything is like maybe a tablespoon depending on the density of the yeah. Of what it is, right? So like you're not you're not talking a, a massive amount or anything at like all. that. And I mean this is kind of like for me a lot of my salt intake, yeah, it's food related. I salt all my food. Um but drink it too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, like this salt and lemon water. Yeah. If you haven't yeah. done this yet, like warm water, salt and it's a lemon. Game changer. Game changer. It's the best. It <laughs> it's the best part of the morning for sure. That and a cup of joe, <laughs> oh, yeah. ready to go. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know it's so true. I think a, part of the problem could be there's some kind of, there's another, some kind of crossover effect that I'm not as familiar with where I think we, well, we, we tend to hang on to a little bit extra sodium if our insulin is always elevated. So now if you think about, okay, this obesity thing, what's going on in this obesity epidemic well low sodium yeah but also people are over consuming sugary carbohydrates right throughout the day and that's keeping their insulin <clears throat> spiked like all day long mm-hmm. and so that's that's retaining a little bit of the sodium so i mean in a sense the demand is higher for people who are on a whole foods diet right more than people who are eating um I don't know, just quote-unquote crappy diet. So yeah. I think that's maybe where a little bit of the confusion comes from. Yeah, because it's easy to fulfill those requirements with your craving for French fries or potato chips yeah. or a burger because the sodium levels in those foods are so high. But that just kind of gives you some insight as to why your body is craving those things. If you just ate more salt in a whole foods diet and, right. and season... Don't eat like boiled chicken breast and, and plain broccoli. Like season that stuff up a little bit and you'll find that your cravings for those non-essential foods, we'll call them, just stuff that you're just tossing in your in your mouth because you can't control yeah. your feelings at that point in time. It's like it's it's a it's a chemical response yeah. that your body's searching for. And if you've never tried just like a steamed vegetable covered in salt. It is unreal. Like <laughs> potato chip. Oh, it's yeah. That's like, what it is. It's such a game changer. <laughs> yeah. I never for years and years and years I hated things like broccoli, green beans, etc. But as soon as you add like some pink sea salt on that, maybe a little bit of pepper, man. 
yeah. in the game. I mean, you can get the exact same... Because people get, like, oh, different mouthfeel and all this stuff. Like, you can get, like, the crunchy vegetables. Yeah. And, I don't know. You just... You got to find stuff that works for you. Right. But that... You got to be aware of what your body's doing. Because your body has a reason for why it's craving certain things. Yeah. Um, and what... If you don't have this information that Chet just shared with you, it's easy to just like, oh man, I want a burger so bad, but really you're deficient in your sodium level for whatever reason. So you're craving something that you know from past experiences gives you the response that would nullify that craving that you're having. Um, And if you don't give it that, you're going to go to something sweet because it's the same mechanism or to your drug of choice, caffeine maybe. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right? I was, yeah. When I was talking about those, I was thinking more like cocaine and methamphetamine, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too, yeah. But like mid, think true, like yeah. midday after lunch. That's true. Or something yeah. like that. Somebody Very who's true. in a sedentary sort yeah. of environment, or even us, where we're up, or, or I mean, reality is our job can be very sedentary. Yep. On the computer, doing the computer stuff, on the phone, doing seminars. Yeah, you're standing or sitting, whatever. Coaching still, like, you're up and moving, but it's not. Yeah, it's not like much. you're laying brick or anything that's excessive. So you get those cravings. You got to play with your like the podcast is named this for a reason, right? Like you have to experiment oh, with yourself to do good point yeah. to find out what works for you. Right, that's all we're trying to do. We don't bring up the name very often, but that was nicely done. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn right. That's a good practice, I think, for people to have is just even two times a day. Yeah. Two times a day, drink some, if possible, some warm water so that your body doesn't have to work to change it to body temperature to absorb it. Some warm water with a couple cranks of sea salt in there. Bonus points for a little bit of lemon. Yeah. It's honestly, a, well, it's like it, it is. It is a game changer. Yeah. Big time. For me, the lemon just makes it taste better. Yeah. The salt yeah. water for me, it's like, it's, ah, <laughs> God. It literally tastes yeah, like you're drinking the funny. ocean, right? But you mix some salt in there, it like, it levels it out a little bit. It's yeah. nice. And start putting some salt on your shit, your yeah. food. Especially if you're someone who has these uncontrollable quotation mark cravings. Right. Yeah, good point. It could really, really be of a benefit to you. And you're going to hate it when it works because then you can't go be like, oh, no, I just actually yeah. want... French fries or nachos and cheese, right? Like, That's right. So sorry about that. Sorry for ruining that for you for the rest of your life. Now you know what it is. <laughs> but let us know if you try the salt thing and you notice a big change. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, even better, <clears throat> tag, use hashtag, um experimenting with fitness if you do it yeah let's go with that sure let's start a hashtag experimenting with with fitness it's out there now the better one (laughs) experimenting with fitness is out there hashtag everything maybe we'll create a leaderboard on the games website too (laughs) just kidding i'm not actually gonna do that um cool nice i think we squashed that one we had uh so the the follow-up question that I think both of us posted on Instagram. Yeah, we got to get into this one. Yeah, it was what sort of strain do you feel obesity puts on <clears throat> our um, emergency ser- Actually, I started, I think I just said healthcare services, but it actually, I got mo- a lot from there, but I got a lot more volume of responses from people in the emergency services that I didn't even think about it would be a problem. 
Um, so let's go with that one first because it's a little bit less emotional. It's more just like this is a lot of work for us. So um, had a story here that uh, so firefighter. Um, they have one guy that they go to very regularly um, just to get him back into his bed. And it takes two fire crews. So that is eight guys plus two medics. So these think about it this way. Your emergency services are being tied up because someone is so morbidly obese that they can't get themselves from where they are back into their bed. Jeez. Think of the A, if we're looking at it from a dollar perspective, think of the money that's being used to do that. Right? Every call costs a good oh, yeah. chunk of cash. <clears throat> but more importantly, think about if not to get too like completely gutless here on this obese person that they're seeing, but like imagine being the obese person that needs help getting back into bed. You're tying up a service that is now 15 minutes late to a car accident. And if they were there um, 15 minutes earlier, they could have saved someone's life. Okay. Very extreme example, but hard to say that that's never happened. Um, We had a paramedic respond uh, we've had calls that take up to five paramedics and two fire crews just to move one person. So that's eight guys plus the five paramedics. So that's 13 people to move one person. That ain't good. We got some general responses, just like it's the driving force of basically all calls that we go on. So these are like paramedics, um, uh, patient transport. Hmm. From hospitals, so things like Voyager and things like that, that go pick up people from their house to take them to their hospital. They're requiring more crews out there to get them there. I actually would have never guessed this, to be honest, that this is what like the majority or a lot of it is used towards. <clears throat> yeah, it's, I don't think, I wouldn't say, well, I don't know, I guess I'd have to ask them if it would be majority, but it's definitely. Well, oh, sorry. I thought, that... I, I thought, wasn't there one common in there that was it was like 70 percent or something like that oh that's from or i get maybe that's a little, little different that one was a little bit different but that that was a good conversation oh, okay. too so this was a instagram conversation i had with a nurse in london area um i asked her well she responded to the uh the thread with a fairly emotional response just basically just voicing her frustration with the fact that um, people who don't take responsibility for their health um, expect these individuals, so nurses, healthcare practitioners, doctors, eMERGE doctors, and just the healthcare system in general to quote-unquote fix them, right? So they're coming with a preventable disease and they're taking up a bed or they're taking up resources and time um, from someone who, so this is from an ER nurse, so I should specify that. So it's taking up okay. time from that. Um, she said 75%, her guess, um, are people that are in there due to their own negligence, basically. right? So people, um, they're clearly just unwell individuals and that's their that's the main reason why they're there due to their lifestyle choices and the choices that they made in their life right um 
they've now found themselves in their emergency room due to um, pain or discomfort or sickness or fever or whatever. She said 20% of ER visits are probably from elderly people in some sort of a decline and it's an emergency that they need care. And she says about 5% um, would have been people coming to the emergency room due to like a trauma, which is typically, well, in when I think emergency room, that's what I think should be done, right? Like yeah, acute that... injuries, car accidents, um, heart attack, stroke, heart attack, pregnancy, stroke. Yeah. yeah, things like that, like legitimate emergencies for whatever reason coming through that door. And just like a firsthand experience, the last time I was at Emerge was when Kayla broke her elbow. So Kayla has... A, a acute injury that happened it's a trauma injury um and i'm looking around the waiting room which is fucking full yeah, to the brim like standing room only people living in london oh i shouldn't tell this actually this is a little secret i was gonna tell them to go elsewhere because you won't have to wait but i'm not gonna <laughs> tell you what hospital to go to that's within 45 minutes of london that you'll get into right away <laughs> Just draw a little circle on Google DM Maps to be able to figure it out. Yeah. So I'm looking around and it's, for the most part, what this person explained. Like there's some elderly people there that are clearly needing some sort of medical attention yeah. for whatever reason. There's a few people in like slings, maybe two, including Kayla. The rest is just like people coughing. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like using up or taking up space in, in an emergency environment when you have a cold. Yeah. Like there's walk-in clinics. There's Not everyone has the luxury of having a family doctor, so that's fine. Not everyone has benefits, so that's fine. But a walk-in clinic is still available to people. Like go to somewhere like that instead. And then she said, okay, 75% of the people that she would see is her estimate of people that are just like not healthy due to the choices that they make. That's pretty, that's pretty. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's had some, um, extreme ideas on the fact that, um, since there's no real incentive for people to be healthy, um, that people are choosing just to be unhealthy. And if people had to pay for their own care, then she thinks that there would be a bit of a change. Um, well, I'll just look at the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> that's not working. It's not working, right? I think that's a very utopian idea as well. It's like, oh, everything's just going to work out. If we make everyone pay for their own stuff, then they're going to put more of a value to their health. And I don't, I, I'm not backing, I'm not really feeling that um, idea. And especially like we were talking last podcast about somebody like Jen, Right, like, yeah. Would you, somebody who is health conscious her whole life gets cancer? Do you want that person? Like, yeah, I just I don't find it. I find it very insensitive to to have that. But I can understand coming from a point of frustration why somebody who's in that environment all the time would finally be like, I'm I'm tired of this. Like, yeah, totally. Let, and then just start grasping at straws to make people care more. And I, I, that's a hundred percent where that came from. So I, I can, I can understand her point of view. I'm not the one that has to deal with these people every single day. So I totally understand where she's coming from, but I just, 
like anything that's that political and like socioeconomic in nature, like I can't touch on that. I'm too no, I'm, yeah. Ignorance is gross when it comes to that kind of stuff for me. Yeah, better solution, but same thing as last time that I said I I don't know what the solution is, but but it, like again, it'd be interesting to get like someone on here who has that like firsthand experience, mm-hmm. see what they think about it, what they think could be done about it. Yeah, because they'll have Medical stories doctor, from experience that are like. Yeah that would bring maybe a lot of clarity to why she feels that way. Cause totally. it's hard for us being outside of it to really understand yeah. where that's coming from. I mean, I don't really think that's the, Oh, another idea was, um, having, um, some sort of like rebate system in place for gym memberships and things like that for people, which I don't know, like government oh, sort of rebate yeah, things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of employers are starting to pay for gym memberships or at least have like I a lot of I like that a bank. lot. Yeah. yeah. Like wellness benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I really like that idea. It's limited at like maybe even a couple hundred bucks or if maybe if you have more, yeah. it's a little bit more. I'm not really sure. I don't have it, but. That's definitely, yeah, I agree with that one. That's definitely something that I think needs to be out there more. Yeah, because, I mean, you just think about the cost for the company with people in sick days and things like that from preventable things yeah. like yeah. obesity. Like, can these people work? I mean, if it takes 13 people to get you from wherever you are to into your bed, you're not working. Well, and even, like, worker satisfaction and be worker productivity. Mm-hmm. It's no-brainer. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing. The benefit. Oh, yeah. So another thing I've... I'm hearing a little bit more of lately that I think is also seems to be, again, I don't know shit about like socioeconomical factors and whatnot. So maybe this is a terrible idea to the people who know more about this. But one thing I've heard more of that seems to me to be a good idea is um, some life insurance companies actually take into consideration basically your overall health and will give you like, Essentially, they give you discounts if they come to the conclusion that you're in better health Hmm. due to these things we're talking about, like, you know, nutrition, exercise, um, what your last checkup was. So maybe there's some problems in there. Mm -hmm. Maybe checkups need to be more, um, I don't know, more in depth, like actual actually doing some blood work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. like for this to work again yeah, I, like i don't work, i don't yeah. know everything that's going into this I, these are just some things i've heard and i think that it at the very least it definitely has some potential like yeah if, if anytime you can recognize as a company that people are healthier and thus probably deserve a little bit of a cut on their life insurance i think that's fair it's just more incentive for people to you know put time and effort into something that's really really important yeah, I like that it incentivizes people that are healthy rather than... Um, so right now, like, my grandpa, he's, it's his 80th birthday today. Nice. Shout out to Paul Brush. <laughs> Guy's a gangster. He was back in the hospital this weekend, some complications. Um, but uh, he's back home for his birthday today. Good. He's kicking, doing his thing. But uh, somebody like him who's suffered a stroke, he has cancer. He's He's on a decline. He's not doing so hot, but... For somebody like him, it's very, very difficult for him to get any sort of health insurance or anything like that uh, due to his state. So maybe instead of penalizing somebody for being ill or unwell, maybe it's better to just 
reward the people yeah. that are um, are well and are probably going to end up costing you less money. But I can see from a business standpoint how somebody who has suffered a stroke and has cancer and has been in the hospital a number of times right. in the last three and a half years since he first got sick, that like they're looking at that as like that's automatic money that we're going to have to be putting out for that person. But it could balance it. I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's like yeah, I'm way too ignorant with these things. <laughs> like Ignorance is bliss sometimes when it's like, ah, that just sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Somebody in the insurance world is probably like, you guys are a couple idiots. <laughs> That's not how that works. Come on the show. Yeah. Educate us, please. Yeah. So that's one idea, I guess. I, I like the wellness benefits thing. Obviously, productivity goes, goes way up for people. Yeah. Some sort of incentive there. Um, fast food's not going to go anywhere. All these external forces aren't going to go anywhere, so people just need to be better. Yeah. And that's... I guess one thing we never really talked about was that, like, people are... I mean, they're kind of behind the eight ball from the very beginning in that, like, it's an uphill battle because these days you go into a grocery store and 90% of the foods in there were literally chemically engineered in a way to like like we talked about earlier like take advantage of your neurological underpinnings and provoke Mm -hmm. like reward and addiction basically right so i think we like we that's definitely something worth noting so yes like and this is obviously one of the things that makes it a little bit more difficult i think but again i mean i think with something like that like there's some pretty applicable tools you can use like that i think the simplest and most basic one is literally just don't even go in the middle aisles of a grocery store Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know i think most people kind of know this nowadays but literally if you walk around the outside of a grocery store you're seeing basically next to zero like of the sugar processed crap right so yeah for the most that's an option something you can do yeah yeah just, uh, I mean, really planning it out ahead of time, like yeah. knowing what you're going to... Or even just get. challenge yourself, like what whichever day you go to the grocery store, if you go once or twice a week, maybe your one time per week trip is on a Sunday. So say, all right, this upcoming week, this Sunday when I go to the grocery store, just challenge myself. I'm just going to go around the outside of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Just buy foods from the outside of the aisle and then see what happens for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Like don't even give yourself the choice. Once you buy, once you venture into those middle aisles and buy the foods, again, this is directed at people. I was going to say this is directed at people who are actually making a conscious effort for um, weight loss, but I don't think I should say that based on what we've talked about. Like we talked about these people who just don't care and that's no good for society. That's no good for the medics, paramedics and all that. So... Yeah, just simplify things, I think. Just stick to the outside of the aisle, challenge yourself, see what happens for the next week. You might find that it's a lot easier than you thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. People can be a lot more gentle with themselves, too. Just expecting to change everything all at one time. Especially if like you're somebody... I mean, the people that are morbidly obese, right? Like, we're talking, like, 
the people that need 13 people to get them from yeah. point A to point B. There's a lot of interventions that need to happen for that individual before, I mean, there's any sort of change. And, like, it can't be – at that point – you almost don't have the choice anymore. Like it's not that individual is so far into that food addiction and that cycle that that doesn't take diet and exercise to fix. That takes some yeah. serious psychological interventions in order to help that person. I mean, have you seen 600 pound life before? I think so. It's been oh, a long time, but yeah, I watched it a couple times and, uh, it's really the hardest part about that show. Um, it's easy to look at and just be like, oh, they're a lazy slob, right? That's That could be something that somebody would think watching that show. But if you really pay attention to the little things that are happening in that show, usually they have a partner as some sort of sexual um, drive or fetish towards people who are severely overweight. Uh-huh. Or they get... Or their partner has some sort of deep-seated need to be needed. Right. And them providing that person with what they want and what they need gives them some sort of um, reward in, internally for them that they're also addicted to. So you have somebody who's addicted to food being supported by somebody who's addicted to the feeling of being needed for whatever reason, both of which are probably coming from some sort of traumatic events that you can't just put your finger on and be like, oh, yep, yeah, that's that's the problem. Yeah. That's going to take some a lot of therapy to bring up if the person's even willing to do that like it's so when it gets to that point where it's so far that gone you can't just be like oh that person needs to eat better what are you doing like you're not no shit but like that's not the problem that these people are having it's uh it's in the relationships it's in their mindset it's they're addicted they have imbalances in their body that those people are not happy. That's for damn sure. No. Put it that way. No. They're really, really struggling on levels that are beyond just like... Yeah. And I mean, could that have been prevented by implementing things that we're talking about like wellness programs or like wellness incentives or better movement education or things like that? Who knows? I would lean more towards no than yes. Right. Because I think... There's so much available that once that starts, and it probably started so, so young. Like, to get to be 600 pounds, you got to get a head start on that. Oh, yeah. Like, you only have so many years, right? Like, if you're going to be gaining, think about how much weight you have to gain, like, a year to get to be that heavy, even by the time you're 50. Like, you're, you're packing it on, on a steady rate for a long time. And most of these people were, like, the two episodes I saw, one... One was 19. Like, Jeez. that's that's incredible. And then the other was late 20s. I forget exactly, but 20, late 20s for sure. Like, those are young people. Oh, and if yeah. you're that big when you're 19, that happened before you had control of what was going in your mouth. You weren't buying your groceries. You weren't right. cooking your food. You weren't creating that for yourself. So, got to have a lot, a lot of empathy for people like that instead of just making fun of them and saying, yeah. So I guess the kind of the key takeaway there is that you definitely have to differentiate between like you can't just lump when we talk about obesity, you can't just lump everyone into one category, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like you have to definitely differentiate like there's kind of different 
I don't know, different groups, different needs. So like some of these things we're talking about, would they work for some people? I don't know. Hopefully, would they work for everyone? Definitely not. Right. So that's part of the challenge. Yeah. Kind of think about it this way. Like, um, there's people, like everyone gets sad, right? They feel sad. Most people, once when you get sad, you're able to like let that happen, feel however you're going to feel, and then you bounce back and you're back to normal and however long it takes for you to feel better. Mm-hmm. But somebody who has depression, clinical depression, doesn't have the the same ability to process. Those are not the same feelings or emotions, right? Those are two. Sadness and depression are two different things. Um, being like making poor lifestyle choices and being addicted to food and having like the extreme, those are two completely different things too that need two completely different interventions in order to help those people. Mm-hmm. So got to, got to be careful when you're talking to people, just, you, you can't just lump people together. Like you said, yeah, got to distinguish between the two. I think we covered it all. I think so. There's yeah. maybe a few other like points in there, but yeah, I got to I got to all these. Um, yeah. Yeah, most other feedback was just it came down to political things like funding, uh, right. youth sports, funding gym memberships, uh, paying for personal trainers and dietitians. Oh, employers paying for personal trainers and dietitians, um, fund community groups subsidizing farmers like all things that are way outside of our expertise right (laughs) yeah so we'll leave those we tried to gently touch on those things but it's like we don't know i think i think i had one or two but they'd be good ones to leave until a later episode um i guess some more like practical things even um just kind of like there being far too many tools out there makes it hard to actually kind of decide on one pick one what to use um, mm, yeah, misinformation so yeah. misinformation like this is something we try and talk about in every episode anyways so i think that'll keep coming up um, mm-hmm. yeah so we did our best to touch on all of them got to most of them all the feedback on instagram really goes a long way for us <clears throat> pretty yeah, you gave can us say that again two episodes of content just from people engaging with us so thank you yep. if you're somebody who reached out we're gonna agree or disagree but that's up to us <laughs> and you can agree or disagree yeah, with us that's and that's up to fun. you yeah exactly you don't take it personally um i don't know you can guess, find this podcast right? everywhere right yeah guests yeah. are coming up yeah we talked about it a little bit last episode got one one for sure to so, be determined on the day we'll have to decide um well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to decide like if, if episodes with a guest are going to be like a bonus episode in that same week or if it'll just be a, another week altogether. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I guess it depends uh... how ambitious we are. <laughs> yeah. How many ideas we have that week. Some weeks, some weeks the ideas are flowing. Other weeks I'm like, I don't know yeah, what to talk it, about. <laughs> it's 20 minutes before and we have no ideas. Yeah. Uh, this episode will be what week final week of the open. 
when he gets oh. released, I think. Right, week four next Second week. last one, I think. Yeah. I think this Close. will be released the day before 18.4. Ah. I think. 19.4. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> so if you're doing the open, good luck. It's been fun so far. Yeah. We're playing a little end of open nice. party for the Westland and CrossFit crew. Is there going to be, be a documentary, though? There nope. is, but... So I seen something the other day. Um, actually, CrossFit Games posted it. Um, what's his name and the boys, the film crew. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like they still did something, but it's a little bit different. Like, it seems like they're only maybe focusing on four to four to five or five to ten athletes in total instead hmm. of covering the games as a whole. I don't know. Could be wrong. I just kind of glanced at this the one day and didn't actually go into detail on it. But I hope cool. they have something. Yeah. I love those, like, day-in-the-life ones where you just, yeah, they just follow cool. an athlete around. It's always cool to hear, like, their just how they talk and carry themselves on a day-to-day basis. It's yeah. pretty clear what makes them the top of the top when you hear the way they talk and act. And it's, uh, it's very, very deliberate. Yeah. Everything is deliberate. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I was surprised that CrossFit Games posted it, though. Yeah, they've been at doing really good at like communicating where the live streams are going to be at and like where you can find more information even though they don't necessarily have their own coverage of anything right, right. now. I but mean, didn't they fire those guys and then they were still mentioning them? The yeah. Day. So maybe they feel bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having second thoughts. <laughs> they should. Those are some good flicks. Yeah, for sure. Well, see you next time. Bye-bye.